He is risen. It seems that the account of the appearance of the risen Christ in our second lesson was written as an afterthought. Chapter 20 of John's Gospel ends with what looks like a conclusion. Chapter 21 was written, it appears, to clarify a simple point. Jesus didn't really say that John would live to see his second coming. Jesus only said that if it was John's will, or Jesus' will, that John live until the second coming, that it was none of Peter's business. And that simple clarification is the reason, it seems, that we have chapter 21. And we can give thanks for that confusion because chapter 21 is a very good chapter. It tells us how Jesus restored Peter, giving him the opportunity to, to answer his threefold denial with a threefold affirmation. But it goes beyond that to tell us about Peter's future. Jesus said to Peter, Most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you're old you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. In other words, when you were younger, you were a take-charge guy who did it your way. But eventually, people will take charge of you and make you do it their way. The tradition is that Peter was martyred upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy to be crucified, killed in the same way as our Lord. Peter had already experienced things being out of his control. In Gethsemane, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, came to take Jesus where Peter did not want Jesus to go, Peter tried to take charge. He drew his sword and swiped at an ear. Perhaps it was meant as a warning shot. It's hard to believe that Peter couldn't have landed a more central blow if he wanted to. Despite his denial of Jesus, Peter was no coward. He was, I think, prepared to fight to the death in the garden. But Jesus forbade him to do that. That was the disconcerting thing. Thus, Peter was introduced to a different battle. As Jesus had said to Peter before the crucifixion, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. This new battle required different weapons than Peter was armed with in Gethsemane. And Jesus will give him a second shot at that battle as well. The new battle would require a paradoxical surrender. Henry Nouwen, commenting on this passage, writes, Jesus has a different vision of maturity. It is the ability and willingness to be led 
where you would rather not go. Immediately after Peter had been commissioned to be leader of his sheep, Jesus confronts him with the hard truth that the servant leader is a leader who's being led to unknown, undesirable, and painful places. It is not the way of upward mobility in which our world has invested so much, but the way of downward mobility ending on the cross. The downward moving way of Jesus is the way to the joy and the peace that is not of this world. Like Jesus and Peter, we will all be led to places we do not want to go. Eventually, we learn that we cannot control life. Growth in faith involves a gradual surrender. We move away from the anxious attempt to control and towards a peaceful surrender of trust. It is a very gradual process, and we grow in it with lots of kicking and screaming. We can understand why we must surrender by asking a simple question. What would we rather do? Go wherever we want to go? Save ourselves and the world through our chosen plan? In fact, our growth in faith and humility results from our growing awareness that our plan isn't really working. You can only cut off so many ears before you make a real mess. Thus, on Easter Friday, we rejoice that Jesus calls us to follow him to places where we do not want to be led, knowing that our cross, like his and Peter's, is our gateway to resurrection and life. He is risen.